your trusted source for local breaking news and what to make of it all. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. It's been a very, very busy day in Parliament down in Macquarie Street this morning and uh, one of our local members has been particularly active and uh, the Shadow Minister for the Prevention of Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault and, of course, the State Member for Charlestown, Jodie Harrison. Good morning and thank you for joining us. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning to your listeners. Now, it has been a very historic day. The state's landmark coercive control reforms have just passed through Parliament. Tell me what happened. This morning, the uh, the government um, moved the third reading um, of the coercive control bill, what's, what's formerly known as the Crimes Legislation Amendment Coercive Control Bill. Uh, it was introduced into the Legislative Assembly a couple of weeks ago. It, uh, it went through the Legislative Council last night, um, finalising debate at 10 o'clock last night on it. And, uh, and this morning... Um, it, it's um, the, the dealing with the par- by the Parliament with this piece of legislation uh, was finished. So we are on our way to criminalising coercive control in New South Wales, well and truly. That is great, great news. Obviously, now it goes uh, it goes to the governor. That's right. It needs to be proclaimed. Um, but importantly, there's actually um, a delayed implementation of the crime of coercive control because there needs to be quite a bit of training of um, our police and our judicial system um, to ensure that they best or that they totally understand coercive control. There's also the issue of our, our community needs to mm. understand what it is and that that uh, is something that will be happening over the next several months, 14 months at least, and the, and the uh, legislation, will, the actual crime of criminal of coercive control will come into being in about 14 Somewhere between fourteen and nineteen months' time. It is. Uh, it's a very, very. Um, th- there's lots within this bill, isn't there? And uh, and the the amount of beyond reasonable doubt that needs to be proven to uh, to actually charge somebody with with this crime. It is going to uh, require police, community, everybody's understanding totally of what is required because there are a few few hoops you've got to jump through. Coercive control, you're right, Tracy. Coercive control is about a pattern of behaviour. It's about a course of conduct, um, according to the bill, against another person that um, consists of abusive behaviour. And that might be uh, um, violence or threats or intimidation. Or It's basically what coercive control is about, is about removing someone's autonomy, removing an intimate partner's autonomy. And that's complex, which is why it can be so powerful from a perpetrator mm. um, and that's why it's important that that training is in place and that people understand uh, exactly what it, what coercive control is. Because we are going to have to provide proof. I mean, that's the that's going to be the big, big issue, that uh, the onus of proof is absolutely going to be on uh, on the victim to, to be able to prove that. That is certainly going to require some training for, uh, for our, our lawyers as well. Certainly the police are going to have to, when they prosecute this crime, they are going to have to understand uh, exactly, the the prosecutors are going to have to understand exactly all the elements of it. Um, And that's right, that's why that training is so important. Um, The Bar Association has actually been quite keen to say that it's not too high a bar, um, pardon the pun, um, (laughs) to... um, that the legislation 
um, in relation to, to the, the wording uh, is actually a reasonable level. Mm. Uh, so that's really what we've got to start getting across to the community yeah. now and I'm sure that there will be a considerable education campaign. Certainly the government has talked about a, 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 an education campaign um, to ensure that our police, us... Um, as community members and um, the judiciary understand what it means. And, of course, uh, obviously if there's a change of government in March, um, the Labor government would also be supporting that uh, community campaign of, of letting us all know you know, what it is and how it's, uh, how it's going to take place. Absolutely. Understanding is really, really important. And the other part of this bill that we actually, as, as the Labor opposition, moved in the Legislative Council last night were in relation to statutory reviews that are going to occur of the legislation just to ensure that there are no unintended consequences mm. of the bill and if, um, if there are, that the, that the legislation gets amended. It is a big issue, as we know. You know, one mur- one woman on average is murdered by her current or firm, f- former partner each week in Australia. You know, we've had uh, reported incidences of domestic violence have more than doubled in New South Wales over the past 10 years. That's according to the New South Wales Bureau of Crime Statistics. We've got some big issues, don't we? And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the flotilla of 50 jet skis that was planned mm. to uh, to make the formation of a, of a ribbon on Sydney Harbour to, uh, to urge people to say no to violence it seems very very tone deaf to me jody uh, i think they're they're very good words tracy tone deaf are, are, are good words you know, to describe it it's, it was a very odd thing i think um to uh, to do to uh start a conversation about domestic violence um for start uh jet skis aren't actually legal on Sydney Harbour. So what's happened is that there's had to be uh, approval, one-off approval given for this event. Now, I think there's much better ways to raise the issue um, of domestic violence in the community and how to get conversations started. And I don't think jet skis have much to do with it. I just found it quite bizarre. It really is. If there's a way that you wanted to highlight domestic violence and, and White Ribbon Day, which is a very, very important day, Put the ribbon on on Sydney Harbour Bridge. You know, do something like that. Don't do something that is well. Number one, as you said, is is not allowed on on Sydney Harbour by most of us, for, by normal people. But there are so many better ways to to get that message out, and more cost effective ways to get that message out, and environmentally friendly ways to get it out. Absolutely. I mean, we we have seen the sails of the Opera House lit up at night time. For example, mm. uh, with various things, surely uh, a white ribbon or, or, or some kind of symbol um, to ensure that to, to raise the issue of domestic violence would be a better way than um, just skis. And so let's, let's uh, writing information. Yes, and and let's be the change. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it it just it doesn't make sense to me at all. Is it still going ahead? Uh, we haven't heard anything that it's been pulled. My understanding is that it is uh, still going ahead, um, so I suppose that's one to watch out for. But I would, I would, I would really encourage everybody every day, not just on White yeah. Ribbon Day, to talk about how they can make their, make a difference in relation to reducing domestic violence. We know that ninety nine percent of domestic violence deaths are actually um, preceded by coercive control too. So it really is about people having a conversation about what is appropriate in a relationship, what a, what a healthy mm. relationship looks like. 
and it doesn't look like skiing, you know, jet skiing on Sydney Harbour. Now, you've had a very fun day today. Uh, you um, called on the government this morning to increase local manufacturing of transport infrastructure. Tell me about this one. What did you, uh, what did you get up and say? Well, over over the re- over recent years, since this government has come into power, we've seen a number of major transport contracts, transport infrastructure contracts, go to com- uh, com- companies that are overseas. Things like our trains being our trains being built in South Korea, uh, our ferries being built in Indonesia, and we've seen faults in those in those really important pieces of public mm. transport in our state. Uh, trains that don't fit the tracks, trains that don't fit through the tunnels that we have, um, and then the government saying um, they're going to reduce the amount of clear space that's needed between the train and the, and the tunnel so that, so that they comply with the standards rather than actually fixing the width of a train. Ferries that um, you know, are too, too tall to fit, un, to fit under bridges so that people are, who are on the roof of the... You know, Passengers who are who are enjoying the view from the top of the ferry can't actually fit under the bridge without sitting down. You know, they've got to sit down, otherwise they the, the ferry won't down the bridge. These are the things that happen when we have manufacturing done by people who don't understand what's happening in mm. our state. So I call I call this morning for the government to support local job creation and skill development in New South Wales, labour. The Labor opposition, we have we we want to support local manufacturing through replacing the Tangara train fleet. Um, we want we want to consider how we can you know, improve the local manufacturing content through the replacement of the Tangara train fleet. And I think that that's certainly a start. And the government could maybe learn from us. Yes, just a little bit. Well, Tangaras are still running around. They've well exceeded their life expectation, and yet the the new ones that are coming. I, as, as I, you know, I, I got back not long ago from uh, from London, and if I if I hear mind the gap one more time, I think I'm going. You know, I was getting ready to just throw something. That's where we were getting to, weren't we? That that there was going to have to be complete communication of mind the gap, be careful where you're standing. You know, like that's just unacceptable when the trains are supposed to be built for our system. We want to encourage people to use public transport. We want to make it as easy as possible for them. So it's important that our trains, our public transport. In fact, it's important that everything that government does considers uh, the local conditions. Mm. And that's why um, our plan to support, Labor's plan to support local manufacturing through the replacement of the Tangara train fleet is so important. It really is. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, it, it even comes down to the privatisation of Newcastle Transport and the fact that those routes were designed um, by people in France who don't understand their topography of, of the Newcastle and Hunter region. You know, it's simple things like that, isn't it, that we need to bring back to Australia? If you don't have the local knowledge, you can't design for local conditions. Mm. Absolutely. Look, thank you so much for your time. It has been a very, very busy day for you. Um, congratulations uh, on that uh, on that coercive control reforms that uh, that passed through today. That is a very, very big, big um, movement for the state and uh, and such a landmark. So, congratulations on being a part of that. Thanks, Tracy. And it, it, that piece of legislation was actually it showed the Parliament at its very best. Mm. I think all right across. Um, the parliamentary spectrum, the parties, MPs were really trying to get the best possible outcome um, and it, it really did show Parliament at its best. 
It really did. It really did. Congratulations. You stay safe. Uh, what have you got planned for White Ribbon Day? Are you doing anything? Uh, I think I am going to be having a reasonably quiet... <laughs> Oh, come on. What have you been doing? Very, very, very long week of Parliament. We finished at midnight last night and I was up at 5.30 this morning for a breakfast meeting. Oh, God um, bless you. I think you've earned a day off. Last week of Parliament. It's a bit crazy in here. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Tracy. You Thank too. you. Bye. That is uh, Jodie Harrison, who is the Shadow Minister for Prevention of Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault and, of course, the State Member for Charlestown and the state's landmark coercive control reforms have just passed through Parliament. So a huge congratulations. That will really change the way that uh, domestic violence is able to be uh, to go through our court systems. But uh, we do have a little while. We've got some training to go through in 14 months and uh, there are a lot of hoops that have to be jumped through to be able to prove coercive control. But you know what? We're one step on that way to that journey. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines, what it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from nine on Newcastle Live.